My fellow citizens, we are the heirs of the great American Revolution. As this millennium draws to a close and the 21st century approaches, let us pause to honor the very idea of America, began President Bill Clinton's speech. This was the first overhaul to the 20-year-old attraction and the first of a new tradition, spotlighting the sitting U.S. president. Walt's dream had become a reality, but how long could it last? The changes, controversies, and future of an attraction. This week on Slice of Disney, Hall of Presidents, Part 2. Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney-obsessed enthusiast and real-life Tinkerbell. And I am your co-host, Will Lentz, occasional Disney-goer and real-life 50th president of the United States. Oh my god, really? Yeah. You're going to be the president? I'm giving myself a few terms to get there. I thought about going 47th, but I was like, that seems too early. (laughs) 50th? It's in range. As someone who's never worked in politics, I mean, that's really a, a bold statement. Thank you. But I mean, I think we can look at both uh, Donald J. Trump and Barack Obama as people that had pretty short political careers, if anyone before they became president. So I'm taking this podcast all the way to the White House. Wow. He's not throwing away his shot. He's not throwing away. What's that from? Hamilton. I know. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You should uh, should have seen my face. I was very upset with him asking me that. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, we are recording on Valentine's Day. We've chosen to spend it together. Will really wanted to record today so that he could spend Valentine's Day with me. <laughs> yeah, I've got a I've got a heart out in about 30 minutes, so we need to keep this going. Are you going to are you going to cut that out? For Valentine's Day, we thought what would be better <laughs> than to spend it with the things that we love more than anything? Uh, the presidents of the United States. <laughs> yeah. You know, what says love and romance more than politics? Just <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, we, we it's President's Day this week, and so it felt fitting to complete the Hall of Presidents episode. What if I re-listened to it this morning and really enjoyed it? So, <laughs> Yeah, it's a fun episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, I suggest going back and listening to it before this one. Um, we talked mostly... Uh, through the development of the idea and the original iteration of it and all the different kind of versions that it went through before it landed on kind of uh, the the thing that they have moved forward with since then. Um, But today we're going to get more into uh, the changes that they've made, um, some of the fun facts and controversies associated with it, as well as what the future might um, have in store. Yeah. Uh, To catch you up, just as a recap, um, the Hall of Presidents was an idea... uh, that came around when Walt wanted to do Liberty Street. He had two attractions that he wanted to do, but technology wasn't advanced enough. But he kept pushing this and pushing this and put a lot of the great Imagineers uh, in charge of this project. A lot of research went into it. It also was developing human animatronics. At the very famous World's Fair, um, they had taken this idea. They're like, that's too expensive. We can't do that. And he said, okay, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. And then he showed them. They said, oh, never mind. It's really cool. Yeah, we can bring it to the World's Fair. And then that's why Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln was born. And that's where Lincoln hangs out is in Disneyland. And then when they were opening this gigantic park in Florida, they're like, what do we put here? We can't put New Orleans Square because a 12-hour drive, you could just go to New Orleans. 
Of course. So we're not doing that. And so then they said, oh, we can do a Liberty Square. Not the whole street, but a square. And we're going to do the Hall of Presidents. The original concept was called One Nation Under God. Uh, it's pretty much was the same but a little different. And then you got to see all of the animatronic presidents very accurately created. And now it's still a show. So there you go. That's I've caught you up, I think. Yeah. And if you want to hear that last minute um, stretched out to 60 minutes, uh, make sure you check <laughs> out part one. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed uh, listening to it. But yes. <laughs> um, so where we kind of left off last time was discussing... Fun facts, like there's brown on the road in Liberty Square uh, to represent poo-poo. Yeah, it's very gross. <laughs> That's like, I was like, oh my God, I forgot about that. Um, yeah. But we left off like in the 70s, 71 is when it opened and nothing really changed other than them coming in and adding whoever the current president was. Right. And something that I thought was really interesting that I didn't think about before was that when in 1971 when the hall of presidents debuted nixon was in office and then less than a year later watergate happened <laughs> that is interesting yeah like i i think you know viewing the hall of presidents now um from the perspective that we have over politics and with how like uh divisive everything has become um, it does feel like it's a little less charming to be to like think about like oh well the political institutions need their own um, attraction and, and and I think that that kind of started that whole process really kind of started with Watergate and so it feels like they got this in just under <laughs> right. just in time uh, to 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 thrive off of the memories of how people perceived things um, and then now there's so much controversy around it uh, it does put you know puts it into a different light uh, which I think. Yeah, is very interesting that they got it just in time. I know. I I thought that was wild. I because when you think about that, you're like, oh wow, that must have been. I mean, I yeah, we'll get we'll get to the the now times eventually, but let, let's go back to 1993. So 1993 was a huge year for the Hall of Presidents. It had been pretty much left untouched, other than the new presidents coming in beforehand. But Walt once said that the Hall of Presidents should be a story to be told and retold. It must be constantly put before the public. I like that that's kind of all of, you know, the I feel like a good Disney mentality of for the parks is it should always be growing and changing and adapting. This show is not an exception to that rule. Yeah, I think that's the thing that we've seen as we've talked about a lot of these different rides um, throughout this podcast is like there is this um, desire to continually be updating. So there's always something new for people to see when they come. And, you know, with uh, the Hall of Presidents, there's kind of a built in you kind of need to update it at least every few years uh, with, you know, a new president if there is. One. <laughs> right. um, yeah. And this is we've talked before about Michael Eisner came in. And he's like, what do we get those? How do we get these kids excited? What do we do? We got to shake it up. We got to get into these theme parks. I know nothing about theme parks. So I'm really going to go hard trying to figure out what to do to make them the best. So he came up with the most significant change. He said, what people want to see are the presidents. Let's do something that features President Clinton that will draw guests in. For the first time in the show's history, the current president was going to have a speaking role. That's right. And I think that that's, 
Look, Michael Eisner has a lot of bad ideas, and I'm not sure that this is a great one, but it does work for this attraction. I mean, if if the pool you're trying to do is like, how do we get the kids in? My first answer is not have speaking presidents. But um, presidents tend to have a mythological uh, role within like the American experience. And so I think bringing that to people uh, to where they can go and kind of see it, I think that is cool. So I think it's smart to to honor and to um, display the sitting president um, in a way and putting them uh, front and center on this attraction. So I, I think it's a great update. Yeah, I really like it. I like the idea of, I mean, I like the idea of them talking in general. I just think that's the cool part. Like seeing them kind of wave and tick is fine. Right. But I, it is more, you know, exciting to see them talking and it looking like you're seeing a piece of the past. So in October of 1993, um, a bunch of big changes were coming and mostly because of historian Eric Fawner. So now we're not going to be focusing on the Constitution anymore, but they decided to focus on slavery and other ethical issues in the United States. Which is good. I think that's great. It might not be the um, initial idea of what they had. I wish you could have a way to do both because understanding like the Founding Fathers story is very cool, but also I think it's very, very important to discuss the slavery and ethical issues that have happened in the United States history. Yeah, it feels wrong to just ignore that kind of stuff and just be like, oh, America was amazing right, right. from the get-go. And right. so I think that that's a good change that they made. Yeah. Um, and then Fawner rewrote the final uh, Lincoln's final speech as well, because until then, the speech was pretty much exactly the same as the California one at Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Gotcha. So now it was rewritten to coincide with this revised movie that was going to play before the president's talk, because if you have not seen this attraction it's about 20 minutes of a video and pictures and uh, narration over top and then it's about five minutes of the president speaking Mm, (laughs) and the animatronics yeah Yeah. um then pete renaday was going to replace royal dano for the voice of lincoln and this was also the first time that they were going to have a celebrity speak for the narrator. Maya Angelou was brought in as the narrator and to read the president's roll call. Before that, it was Lawrence Dobkin, and he was the the World's Fair that we always discuss, the 1964 World's Fair. The Sky Dome, if you listen to our um, Carousel of Progress episode, we talked about how on top of the theater, there was like this other attraction kind of showing what Epcot would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, something like GE really wanted, like, this space. Um, and he narrated the Sky Dome spectacular that would happen up there. And he also briefly narrated Spaceship Earth. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked, as I was kind of looking at um, some of the research for this, I was seeing these names come up of, like, popular voice actors and stuff. And my initial, uh, or maybe not popular voice actors, but of... Um, recognizable voices that play a role in it. And as I was thinking through it, I was like, but that doesn't make any sense because they want to have the president's voices, right? And it's like, oh, well, obviously you can't get every president's voice. And then obviously (laughs) also there's stuff that is not just the president speaking. So I had a very silly moment there when I was looking at it. But uh, but that's cool. I I like that they they brought in some some recognizable ones. um, Yeah, to kind of to kind of give that give that fun feeling there too of the of the of the show side of things as well. I, I, that's really funny. Yeah, um, I was, it was a very dumb moment for me. <laughs> it was great. Well, don't worry, because Bill Clinton also did record his own speech that his 
audio animatronic figure was going to deliver prior to Lincoln's final speech. And so after the White House staff reviewed the speech, because it was written by the Imagineers, and right. and lyricist Tim Rice. What did he write? Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Uh, just one of the greatest movies of all time. Blank check. Oh my God, yes. He wrote the lyrics for the musical version of Blank Check. It's, well, it's actually a lot of Disney movies, but I was talking about Lion King specifically. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Look, there's no way I was going to get that that is the greatest. I mean, I think it's a it very great movie. It is the greatest movie. movie of all time. But if I think about like the movies that you love, it's like it could have been a, like a hundred of them. You're like the Goofy movie? He was yeah. the lyricist on a Goofy movie? <laughs> Hamilton? I didn't know that he did that. Like, look, there's a lot of things that you say are the greatest, so. <laughs> so uh, to give you some of Tim Rice's work, if you don't know, uh, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Road to El Dorado, Lion King, and he worked with Andrew Lloyd Webber. If you're a musical person, um, you might know who Andrew Lloyd Webber is. So he is um, very accomplished. So he helps with the speech for the president. That's cool. Yeah. And the president approved the speech himself as well. And he also, uh, he was he was very into this. He was, he was very agreeable to doing it. He was excited by becoming an animatronic and getting sure. to give this speech. Um, he made sure that the Imagineers knew everything, including his shoe size, which is 13D, and his inseam. I mean, he was like, oh, guys, like, if you're going to do this, here's everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's funny. And also, I'm like, hmm, you have better things to be doing there, President. But no, it's cool. It's cool. No, it's cool. I, the country running itself over here. I yeah. got it. <laughs> it basically runs itself. Um. <laughs> Though, you know, the speech was very, very important and finding the time to have President Clinton record it was quite daunting. There was something even bigger that they were realizing was a challenge. And that was the fact that we are so used to seeing our presidents on television almost every day. We see their movements. We see the real person and their mannerisms and they, we see them speak. How are we going to make this animatronic not look laughable? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting challenge I didn't consider. I mean, I think, you know, with the first iteration of this, it was like, oh, we can bring these presidents that people never see to life. Right. And now it's like, well, now we see them all the time, so they're going to be judging it, being like, oh, it doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't look that way when he says those words. Um, that's interesting. I mean, you know, television uh, changed the game for a lot of this, and, and, and it's probably one of the reasons that uh, this attraction maybe doesn't have the same pop that it used to. Um, despite liking the changes that they've made. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's really hard. They knew the challenge they were facing, and they were accurate in thinking that. Like, it, mm -hmm. it's going to be silly if he moves like every other person because we know exactly what Bill Clinton moves like. Yeah. Uh, President Trump same, you know, has very specific mannerisms, and so them having to make sure to have that. They had to think about all this, and luckily, the President Clinton audio animatronic was a huge success. It proved to be amazingly lifelike and it even incorporated the president's closed fist thumbs up gesture that I they think noticed. we all know that one yeah <laughs> so i mean little things like that they're like all right we got to have that in there and uh, that 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 seems fun because especially like at this stage in it you're going there and you're like oh look he's even doing the thing <laughs> um, i like that the next president as you know by knowing history uh, was president george w bush and when he was added 
Um, he he delivered his speech in the show. This is crazy. The recording session was reported to have only lasted for six minutes. I got to say, I'm jealous. <laughs> As the person that does the editing <laughs> for this show. Boo. Seems like we should get uh, old George W. on uh, for some clean takes. <laughs> He's a one-take wonder. I was like, yeah. oh my God, that's amazing. Especially because the speeches in the Hall of Presidents, they're they're very positive. They, you know, evoke a lot of hope in that patriotism. And and so, the, yeah, this, you know, I'm, presidents give speeches all the time, you know, to ignite us with excitement for America. But it, this is going to be something that will be a little more timeless. Yeah, it, I'll just say it's impressive. Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, George, George W. is not known for being the uh, best speaker. He's not a bad speaker by any means, but like it was always kind of like his folksy charm and like he would, you know, say words incorrectly and things like that that he would get made fun of for on late night shows as as people tend to do. Um, but I think he also had that kind of like accessibility with his speeches. And so that may be why it was just like, well, six minutes, his natural speaking method is probably what they were hoping to capture. Um, and so maybe it was easier for that reason. I don't know, but that's cool. Yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like I would be so nervous, but... <laughs> I, I do feel like if you're the president, you're not as nervous about doing the Disney animatronic uh, recording. Yeah, okay, fine. I, I'm, I'm you're right. I'm just, I'm just saying, I feel like it's like lower on their on their on the, on the things that they deal with on a day-to-day basis. It's probably not the most nerve-wracking. So, Will, I was thinking about this while researching for second half and, you know, just with politics surrounding us so much more these days. Um, I feel like, in a way... The president of the United States doesn't seem as unattainable or, like, as far out of reach as it used to feel. Like, and I don't know if it's because we see them on television all the time. If because of social media, they feel more approachable. I know they're not, but it it just feels different. Like, do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and I think it's a, com- a couple of things. I think one is that it, I do think a big part of it is social media. A big part of it is you can pretty much constantly kind of see what they're up to, whereas previously it was much more of a kind of a mystery as to what's going on. Um, I think with social media, too, you're seeing a lot more reporting that's going on, too. So you're, you're, you're seeing more of the mundane stuff that comes out as well, which then makes it seem a little bit more accessible. And then also, I mean, not for nothing, but like uh, Donald Trump, was not a politician beforehand and he has a very kind of down to despite the fact that i don't think he is a particularly down-to-earth person the persona that he portrays less at least in a lot of his um rallies and a lot of his media uh, appearances is that kind of like i'm just a normal person uh that is like wildly successful i'm the best normal person but i am like i am not this kind of like elite person that you could never get to i'm yeah. just successful and amazing and so <laughs> so i think that that is more approachable and and, and accessible there on just how i think it really is it's social media it's you seeing them just be human seeing you know these presidents of the united states these people of power walking around in jeans and a t-shirt or you know having maybe sneaking like a snack like doing normal people things where I you know like when you watch like the queen on Netflix or something it's like that seems so far out of reach like I can't even fathom oh of course (laughs) and and I feel like the presidents maybe have were looked at at some points like that but because of social media so it was in thinking of all of this um especially as we are getting further and further closer to the current times 
it the seeing the president as an animatronic might not be as exciting as because you're seeing their day to day, like I said, sitting in a t shirt and jeans. Yeah. A hundred percent. You can access them in a lot of different ways now. So like this is not one of the few routes in which you're which you're able to kind of feel like you're in the same spot as them. Um so therefore it, it, it does lose some of that luster. I feel like I get more excited when they do the roll call and I'm seeing presidents. Oh, I didn't know that's what he looked like or Yeah, totally. You know, some of these the more historical presidents that I don't know as much about. Right. Um, so maybe now I could see the the, the way that the show is going because I do like the idea. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I'm getting too into the future of it. But I can see the show part of it becoming more important. Yeah. The, the emphasis could shift from, look, it's cool. You can see these people to like, what can we do with these people? Right. It's yeah. just different. So now... We are at President Barack Obama. This is the most significant change since the idea was born. Barack Obama is going to come in and the film portion got a new narrator. None other than the legend himself, Mr. Morgan Freeman. That was the name specifically when I saw that. I was like, wait, who did he play? Uh, Oh, (laughs) right. I get it. That's really funny. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This was going to change the, the story even more. So the video is no longer either of what the first two iterations we saw. This one was going to be a very fresh and intense focus on the relationship between our nation's president and the American people. So it's almost like what I was saying. It's like humanizing them even more within this like attraction at a theme park. Um, There were going to be completely new paintings, new photographs, new video clips that were going to be displayed along with some of the restored original artwork. So I feel like they're getting into a good rhythm of like what the show, what what they think people want to see now. Yeah. If you think about it, they did sort of two presidents with the change of 1993 because you had the eight year term of uh, Bill Clinton and the eight year term of George W. And then now you're getting into another chance to kind of rework it. So with these built in every so often, we have to um, make the obvious changes, which is changing the animatronic that's front and center. Um, it gives you an opportunity to rethink it um, periodically. Yeah, and now this was also the first time that George Washington got a speaking role. I like that. I think that's kind of cool having the first and the most recent. Yeah, I agree. So they changed it where um, he speaks, and then they the chorus of "America the Beautiful" follows. So now we no longer have the battle hymn of the Republic, and we can't have a president attraction with Walt Disney's name on it and not have linking up a speech. So now he still gives a speech, but instead of giving it at the end, it was moved to the middle of the show. So like in the middle of the the movie you're watching, he comes forward on his chair, stands up and gives a speech. You know, it's funny. There was a, uh, a Twitter thread recently where it was someone was going through old presidents and giving them like, this is what they would look like uh, today. Um, just like, I think stylized and sort of, like, this is what they would look like with... Uh, like a modern haircut or something? Yeah, yeah, like a modern haircut without changing too much. And I will tell you, the Abraham Lincoln one looked really weird. There's no way that guy gets elected. <laughs> like, just the, the beard and the facial structure. It's just like, yeah, now we're, we're like, oh, I need my... Uh, although, you know, there's some ugly politicians out there, so maybe that's not fair. He might have still made it. That's funny. I, I haven't seen any of that. Um, 
Well, these animatronics, again, we know they were very, very accurate in how they were portrayed. Um, We're almost to the the current time. So the next time that it changed was in 2017. This is the last set of changes that have happened thus far when uh, President Trump was added. The big changes were there was a new audio system, new lighting, uh, new seamless digital projection systems. Uh, the new projection projection systems would facilitate five screens wall to wall, and then they were going to be these really high resolution animated photos and videos. So it's like even more fancy, fancy <laughs> pantsy. I know sure. I'm so so good with my fancy words. Eloquent, eloquent. Uh, the script was rewritten and re-recorded again, and the score was updated. They I think took out America the Beautiful and added back in the, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. They actually closed before his inauguration to start working on his animatronic. There was a lot of scandal around this animatronic. There was a lot of talk about what was going on. Disney has never said anything about it. So originally the show was supposed to open June 29th, but they missed that date and finally did a soft opening December 18th. And guess what? What? I was there. Did you go to it? Yeah, we went. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it was cool to be there at the like as its first opening and like seeing the new like what's mm-hmm. going to be new and mm-hmm. because uh, and you know like we said we're not getting too into politics we're just talking about the show but he was a pretty polarizing president so it was interesting seeing like in the waiting room how people were reacting. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And how Disney employees like would answer some of these questions. Yeah, I mean, because they're they're trying to stay pretty apolitical too. Um, I did want to touch briefly on the controversies um, around around that kind of thing. And so the reason that it was somewhat controversial is because, as you mentioned, um, he that attraction was down for almost a year. Uh, and usually, there there's always a period, and there is one right now where the attraction is closed while they bring on the new animatronic for the current sitting president. Um, but this one seemed to go on for a long time. And so naturally people were like, oh, I think it's because Disney hates Donald Trump um, or things along those ways. Right. And from what I was able to tell, there are two competing theories as to why this might be the case. Again, Disney has not confirmed anything. Um, and I kind of like the two theories because they feel like they're the kind of theories that people like that one side feels and the theory that the other side feels. And so (laughs) one is that uh, he didn't get around to recording the audio for the audio animatronic until much later um, in his first year as president. And so they couldn't open it um, unless they had the audio there. And then the other one um, is that the Disney was so convinced that Hillary Clinton was going to win that they started work on the Hillary Clinton animatronic. And then when, when Trump won, he ended up, uh, they had to, they had to start all over, which uh, both of those seem a little silly to me. That one seems especially silly. Cause it's like, well, they always have to wait until after the election. Like, like, it's, not, it's not like they, it's not like every other one they've been like, Oh, well we know. And we just got ahead of it on time. So, but still, I think it's, I think it's fun that, um, and kind of indicative too of the of the divide we have now, where people are like, "Well, we got to find the reason why it's, uh, it's uh, four more months until I can go on the Hall of Presidents." So they, because so I've heard these obviously, and um, the more far fetched one to me is the Hillary answer. But and, and Disney hasn't come out and said that's not true, but they also have kind of been like, "Guys, that we've never done something like that before." So. Why would it happen now? Um, there, part of the, the your first controversy was that they thought, well, maybe they are going to have the animatronic Trump, but he's not going to speak. Mm, mm-hmm. 
And then it was like, okay, well, is Disney silencing Trump? And that there was then some of the uh, more controversy there. Um, but supposedly one of the other rumors, because that's all we can – we don't know. We don't know yeah, any of, of these course. people. <laughs> so, I love them. Um, is that they couldn't agree on a speech. Mm. Like Trump's wanted his people to write it and Disney was not happy with what it was. And so that they were struggling to come to a compromise of what the speech would be. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll never know. Well, we'll never who knows? Know. We might at some point know, but we're not going to know in the next, you know, five to 10 years. I'll put it this way. You can start to see why changes might have to happen um, to this attraction because even it is becoming like a political lightning pole, right? Any any kind of minor thing people are going to be like, about, so. Yeah, um, this was also, Disney has not confirmed or denied that this, these were new, but another thing that happened at the attraction um, since 2016 is that there were live security guards added that weren't always in uniform. Sometimes they were disguised as guests. And... Um, that there were large spikes added near the stage to protect the animatronic figures. Those were never there before. There's also been multiple instances of like Trump flags being like left in, you know, the building. And it, it's really fascinating. There's so this is this kind of thing has never happened before. People people would boo like um, when Clinton was elected, there was a lot of booing in the attraction. Um, same with Obama. And uh, I don't know about George W. Bush. I haven't I'm heard sure. there was a lot of booing. But there, it's not like like this has never like this hasn't been an issue. But but yes, there's lots of rumors and controversy about a bunch of robot presidents. Yeah, which uh, you know, come on, guys. Yeah, the other <laughs> it's a controversy... Disney attraction. Let's find a better hill to die on. <laughs> the other controversy is that they all come alive at night. And are ready to take over the world. So night of the museum, let's do it. I know. Did did you read that one? It's everywhere. No, I didn't. That's that's the biggest controversy <laughs> for sure. <laughs> night of the national treasure. Oh my god, that would be crazy. Yeah. Th- so to escape controversy and to go a little backwards, um, people were really unhappy with how President Trump's audio animatronic looked. And uh, didn't think it looked like him. I'm not going to fault the, per- the, the sculptor by any means. But I can't imagine how hard it is. But the previous sculptor who had done the initial 42 presidents is Blaine Gibson. And Blaine Gibson's history working with Disney is so cool. Yeah, no, he seems like the guy. I mean, uh, we, I feel like we often hear of someone... And we're like, oh, that person seems like the guy. Because uh, I think that's kind of sort of a tradition. That's kind of sort of what happens when you work in the Disney Corporation. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just keep getting put into positions and being asked to do things. And so before you know it, uh, you've touched so many different properties. Um, but he's very much like that. He uh, has a very storied uh, relationship with Disney and, and a lot of the properties. He's not just an Imagineer. He's considered a Disney legend. So that's basically Disney royalty. So to go back a little bit after animating all day at Walt Disney Studios Blaine Gibson would go home at night and he would sculpt that was his absolute favorite hobby ever since he was a kid um some of the stuff that he was working on 
animation-wise was Fantasia, Bambi, Song of the South, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Sleeping Beauty, and 101 Dalmatians. I'm sure you've heard of a few of them. Uh, <laughs> I've heard of most of them. I know. Then in 1954, Walt Disney happened to see one of Blaine's art exhibits, which featured a lot of animal sculptures. So... What happens when Walt sees someone's good at something else? Uh, yeah, you're getting brought in. So he was recruited to work on special projects for the new theme park, Disneyland. Um, and of course, that's when the rabbit hole began. So now uh, Disney legend Blaine Gibson was then brought on to sculpt President Lincoln. Seems intimidating if you are uh, doing that and you know that Walt is uh, the one that you're trying to do it for. There, yeah, there's so much pressure. And luckily, he's amazing at sculpting, but it's still scary. For Lincoln, they had a, a little bit of a unique thing they got to do. Um, there was a an actual life mask taken in 1860 of, of President Lincoln. And so they used that. Which is wild. Isn't, I feel like that's kind of creepy. It is kind of creepy. Yeah. But cool. I don't know. Crazy. The crafting... Of all the opening day presidents, took two years to complete. I'm actually kind of surprised it didn't take longer than that. I agree. Like, two years sounds like a long time, but that's a lot of presidents. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, I guess they didn't have to nail the uh, motions as much as they do now, because clearly, you know, it takes a little while to get everything put together now. Um, but yeah, for all of those sculptures, um, to do it in two years, I would I would even say prolific. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe not quite as many mannerisms, but still, Blaine Gibson took his job very, very, very seriously. And so he would exhaust every resource and learn apps as much as he could about every single leader to make sure that he was reflecting the feeling of each president's personality. He really wanted to get every little detail in there. His Something he said that I thought was cool is he said, my goal in sculpting is to render the uniqueness of an individual. I'm going to actually take my earlier comment back, if you'll allow me to do that. Um, I am not impressed with 42 sculptures in two years because we've done 42 podcasts in one year. So come Uh on, Blaine. (laughs) What are you doing? I know. Where's your podcast, Blaine? Come on, Blaine. (laughs) So Blaine Gibson took his job extremely seriously. It was more than just, you know, here, this person looks like him. It it was trying to capture truly who this is. Yeah. And with every president, new president that would come along, he would make a new president. And he did retire from WED in 1983. He partnered with Walt Disney Imagineering from time to time to carry on the tradition of going ahead and and making every president. So he would come out of retirement to, to do that and then go back into retirement. He also did do some very famous things you might have heard of. Um, he created the bronze statue of Walt Disney and Mickey holding hand in hand. It's called Partners. If you didn't know that, it's kind of the center of the Magic Kingdom and of Disneyland. It's very special. He also created um the the life-size bronze statue of roy and with Minnie mouse sitting on the bench Hmm. so even even though he'd retired he was still coming back to do stuff like the great movie ride and help with that that was not as successful 
What? Whoa. Am I wrong? I thought I thought that one was one that didn't like last. I, I'm not trying to throw shots. I haven't been on Oh, that. wow. That was a shot. The Great Movie Ride, obviously a huge icon that people are still very upset is now not there anymore. Um, no, it's but- not out there anymore. I was right. Not as successful. Come on. Whoa. Whoa. Wait till we get to do that episode. I'm taking I'm you downtown. Um, and I, I, I think... I think art is so I can't do anything like this. So I'm always amazed at people who can create, like, make someone look like a human. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's interesting to think about what uh, what Void would be in the company if he wasn't there. I don't exactly know what a Disney legend is, and I'm interested to find out more specifically uh, at a later date. Um, but this guy seems like he would be. It seems very. Um, seems hard to imagine uh, a lot of this stuff without his influence. So to go uh, just on his easiest, what he found to be the easiest and who he found to be the hardest, he thought Lyndon B. Johnson was the easiest president. Um, He found him very easy to sculpt while he found President Richard Nixon to be very hard because of his dark hair and eyes that heavily contrasted with his light colored skin. I find that really interesting. Like, what makes I don't I don't know anything about art either. Um, so, like, what makes some someone easier to sculpt than others? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. That's what I was thinking. Conversely, another one that I would not have predicted um, is that uh, Jimmy Carter. He had an interesting um, approach towards sculpting. He had seen so much of him on TV uh, in the debates and stuff that he kind of skipped his sketching portion that he would typically do because he already had such a good feel for what uh, Jimmy Carter looked like. Um, that he was able just to uh, go into it with a strong mental image. I think there's a whole interesting study to be done around um, how television has affected the presidency. Uh, And this would be like a a small footnote in it, but still very interesting. Yeah. Also speaking of President Jimmy Carter, First Lady Rosalind Carter came to see the Hall of Presidents and she remarked that the her husband's wardrobe uh, was bad. She said, who who gave that who who gave you that terrible suit? And so she donated a new one because she didn't like his suit. (laughs) I like that. That's funny. I Um, there's another can't nail everything. Um, This also actually happened with Nancy Reagan. She was known to come and have dressed the Ronald Reagan. That's funny. Yeah. So outside of just the sculpting, obviously, to bring them to life and to bring the show to life, uh, actors have to be involved. Yay! We kind of touched on um, some of the famous people involved in this project before, but there are some other pretty cool that weren't mentioned yet. And Will says, I think we mentioned all the interesting ones, which was so rude because Paul Fries. Uh, as is George Washington. Um, and if you don't know who that is, he is our ghost host. Ah, that's so cool. I know. So you take back that not all the cool people were said. Um, <laughs> uh, the only, the, the other one that we didn't really get to hit on is that J.D. Hall, who is the voice of Frederick Douglass in Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln at Disneyland, did narrate the show from 2001 to 2009. So he kind of snuck in there too. Yeah, we've had it had some pretty cool narrators. I uh, I think JD Hall is not as up there as Maya and uh, Morgan, but uh, but still like great for him. You know that'd be cool. 
Outside of the audio animatronics in the show, though, there's kind of more reasons to go to this attraction than just the attraction itself. Yeah, it's basically, and it's not even basically, I think it's been designated uh, a presidential museum. They have a lot of cool little artifacts there. It is. The Hall of Presidents is recognized as a federal presidential museum because it has historical artifacts in the lobby. So when you're waiting for the show, the shows, you know, are like every 30 minutes and um, they are timed out. So as one group goes in, another group can go into the lobby area. In the lobby area, um, the building is designed to look like Independence Hall in Philadelphia, where the Declaration of Independence was signed. And in the center of the room, in the queue area, is the presidential seal, which is protected by this little fence. This presidential seal is a super, super, super big deal. Yeah, I didn't realize it. It is the only presidential seal. There's, There's two presidential seals in the world, and the other one is in the Oval Office where the president is. Um, It took two acts of Congress to get the great seal of the United States placed in the Hall of Presidents because the the seal is supposed to be where the president is. Mm -hmm. And obviously the president is not there. Um, But so it was very difficult to get that there. Yeah, that's interesting. Another another one of those like, uh, maybe not the best use of con- congressional time, but I like. I love that they got. I love that they got it there. I do think that that's very cool. I like um, Disney's dedication to say we don't want it to be fake. Like, yeah, absolutely. We want the real deal, and part of that is because there's some really cool stuff in the museum. They do switch out artifacts from time to time, so that's why it's always great to go in and look because you don't know what's going to be there. Um, so the artifacts. Um, There are some, like, replicas of things, but the artifacts are all on loan from different museums or different private collectors, and some of those things are Nixon's violin, some buckles from George Washington's shoes, Bill Clinton's running shoes. He was known as a president who ran. (laughs) George H.W. Bush's competitive horseshoe set. He was known as a president who threw horseshoes. (laughs) What was Gerald Ford known for? Uh, Ski boots. (laughs) Not even skiing, just ski boots. Just ski boots. He had a vast collection of ski boots. <laughs> <laughs> there were some, there's arrowheads from Jimmy Carter's uh, Georgia Woods. Mm-hmm. And then essay that 12-year-old Richard Nixon wrote in grade school. I think that the, that's the kind of stuff that I love seeing when I go to these presidential museums. And also, like, I think that all the stuff in the queue is almost, like, enough for me to want to go see it aside from the attraction. I will be curious to see, though, like, if they do make changes, as we will get to, uh, that they've been discussing towards this attraction and the future, towards the show side of it, if, you know, this kind of stuff will stick around, um, especially like the presidential seal and stuff, if they move more towards a show telling the story of America or uh, right. uh, uh, the other variety of ideas that they have, um, it becomes maybe a little bit less about the presidents. And then you wonder if that kind of stuff stays, stays there, which I would hope that it would. But um, I could see them going a different direction. I don't know. That's true. It's it's hard when you see them put so much effort into the details and into doing things like getting the presidential seal or, or you know, um, jumping back a little bit, but I still think it's really cool and kind of sticking with fun facts here of how much detail went into each of these presidents. Yeah. Um, so, like, each of these presidents, like, even, you know, we mentioned the watch. Um, some things that I think are really cool are, like, President Obama, his wedding ring, they recreated his real wedding ring. That's and cool. um like and Washington's chair is a copy of the one that he used in 1787 at the Constitutional Convention. Hmm. 
one of the coolest and one of the coolest and just commitment to detail is that FDR um, he was paralyzed due to polio as a child and often he you know was seated either in a wheelchair or with braces on his legs he is sitting um, at the at the Hall of Presidents and under his slacks he is wearing a a brace on his like you can see a brace on his leg that's cool because i mean you can easily see you know there's clothes on them you don't need to worry about what's what's underneath um but the fact that they like you know that's part of who he was so they kept that in there i think that's great yeah um these animatronics though they always need to be looking fresh and polished so even though these presidents are not human and don't sweat as far as we know they do leak oil and get dusty ew it is gross (laughs) (laughs) so every audio animatronic figure actually has two sets of clothes and they have to get dry cleaned uh i love that i also think that that is what they want you to believe and the reality is that they have to get them changed because they're up so much at night changing yes chasing through the park they they go and they wreak havoc in the night and they mess around with other animatronics. They're like, hey, man, what's up? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're <laughs> and so, like, oh, man, I spilled this on. And Bill Clinton's like, oh, I spilled this McDonald's on me again. Oh, I better send this to the dry cleaner. And there's like, just say it's oil. That's what happens. <laughs> that's that's definitely what happens. Uh, <laughs> um, so they all of the little details, I think, next time you go, um, try and look out for some of these little things. See if you can notice it from sitting at your seat. Yeah, and uh, it'll be cool if you can. It's uh, kind of almost even cooler if you can't because you know that they did it. Um, and despite the fact that, like, you know, the average person isn't going to notice it all. You know, you want to know what I, another thing I think is cool. Yeah, what's up? Another thing is that the cast members that are working at this attraction are extraordinarily knowledgeable. Oh, I bet, yeah. And so talking to these cast members and their knowledge of American history is amazing. Oh, yeah, I, I can imagine. I feel like there's a lot of people are very into American history as a whole. And then I think, you know, the type uh, I'm sure there's Disney employees that like specifically want to work um, in this uh, specific attraction. So, yeah, I, I think they would have to be like some people that are very into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I and they would be they're quizzed by all types of people um, who have all different type of political beliefs. And they are so good at keeping it about the facts and just say you know stating you know facts that you might not know about presidents from before and i'm sure they pick it up too from those other history buffs that come in Um, oh yeah they they probably get taught stuff too and then they can pass it on one time when i was there there was a family and the dad and the cast member were talking and the dad like that was like his fourth time seeing it for the day it's like his favorite thing and so they're just going back and forth discussing you know president's histories and i'm like what like I don't even know all their names. This is <laughs> wild. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's cool. And while that guy is seeing it four times a day, there's some people who won't see it for ever. <laughs> yeah, it's not the top of everyone's list unless it's a hot day. Uh, yeah, it's true. I Touringplans.com has done extensive uh, data research on ranking all of the attractions at Walt Disney World. And this one comes in 77th overall, just below Move It, Shake It, Dance and Play It, Street Party, and just above Barnstormer, which is very similar to, uh, if you caught our Patreon episode, um, to the Gadgets Go Coaster. 
Yeah, those are two uh, attractions that I don't think have even started to make our list of uh, attractions we will be covering <laughs> on Slice of Disney. Um, I honestly don't even know what Move It, Shake It, Dance, and Play It street party is. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I don't either. But uh, <laughs> but more people do that than Hall of Presidents, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I think that that bridges us into the conversation about to where this attraction is going to go. We've obviously alluded to it a couple of times throughout. Um these past two conversations around the Hall of Presidents that despite the fact that it is very interesting and they it is um, a great testament of technology and uh, the American history, um, it's not the most popular attraction. Um, and I think that they, you know, they are thinking about what it might look like in the future. And also with the increased polarization of the political climate, I think that they're also conscientious of of seeming like they're taking a side on one way or the other. So there are some question marks around it. Um, but they have a couple of interesting ideas that are being rumored as well. So when we recorded the first part of this, um, and I had written some notes on the future of the show, you know, it was around the inauguration, but the inauguration hadn't happened. So if I'm being honest, I kind of thought that, like, they were going to not add President Joe Biden. I thought um, part of the reason is because since they started with the current sitting president giving a speech, um, we are now even in terms of uh, political party leaders. Yeah. And, and so adding Joe Biden, it would make it so that they're not even. And in order to be neutral, and because the attraction isn't had some controversy um, with President Trump, it it did add a level of of mystery there and so honestly i was kind of getting ready to talk about the future of the show being like i don't think it's going to be the hall of presidents anymore um since then right after the inauguration they did close it and they are working on the audio animatronic of president joe biden and working on his speech so it is still alive the the show is still going on yeah and it's interesting too uh this also was the first time since they have introduced the speaking sitting president um, that the current iteration has only been around for three-ish years, right? Because every president prior to Trump has had served two terms. So that have been able to say, we're investing in making a change and it's going to be here for a while. This time it was only around for three years. And honestly, like, look, I'm not a political scholar, but I wouldn't be surprised to start seeing um, more one-term presidents as uh, change is a big a motivating factor these days. And so I'm sure that they're probably looking at that too. How frequently do we want to have to create a new um, audio animatronic? Or is there something that we can get in there that's going to be more lasting throughout the years? Uh, so I don't know. I mean, you're right. They are making the Joseph R. Biden um, audio animatronic now. And they are they have talked, they're going to be bringing it back in that form. Um, but I do think that it would be, it would not be surprising to me for them to say, after you know 2024 regardless of who wins we will be adjusting this ride to something else yeah so some of the rumors that have been going around about it closing and then putting something else in are there's there's two different uh kind of stories going on here so one of them is that the muppets were ultimately going to take over 
the, uh, the residents of the theater. Currently, right now, there's a small little Muppet-themed history show that takes place outside as you're, like, walking through Liberty Square, and they're up in the windows. It's very cute and fun. Um, so the idea would be, you know, for them to take over in some capacity. How funny would it be to have, like, the Muppets, like, messing with the animatronics? <laughs> I don't know if I would like that. I don't uh, think I... I ultimately... Yeah. That wouldn't be my decision. Sure. Yeah, it would be funny. Um that one really when i saw that like kind of caught me off guard i was like oh, muppets is not the thing i would think would go there um but you know i could easily see it if they wanted to really move away from what they had but what had been in place there i could see that that could be it and there's obviously we've seen the muppets explore a lot of different um stories and um, historical events in a variety of different um ways and avenues um so i could see it be entertaining it's just not um i think what i would want to see immediately right um, the other rumor is that um, there was some information leaked of the diversity and values team that very um, that various unofficial outlets heard that Disney had hired Lin Manuel Miranda and Weird Al Yankovic to work together on developing a new version of this attraction. Um, if for the so Lin Manuel Miranda is the creator and star of Hamilton. He also did the music for Moana, so he is in that Disney family now. And Weird Al Yankovic, I hope you know who Weird Al Yankovic is. <laughs> I do know him. I don't know Tim Rice. Is that the guy's but name? You, I know Weird yeah. Al. <laughs> you know Weird Al. Yeah. Um, so this got me real stoked because Hamilton to me is exactly what Walt's dream is. It's getting people excited about America. It's getting people excited and feel about feeling patriotic because it's the telling of our, our history through a modern uh, lens. Yeah. And I am, I appreciate Hamilton. I'm not as uh, in love with it as you are, but it, I understand it's quality and I really enjoyed it when I've seen it and listened to it. Um, I will say though, if they did a version of Hamilton or some Hamilton inspired show here, that is going to jump from the 77th uh, overall ranked um, show to like top 10. Um, oh, yeah. That line becomes a very long one. They might even have to install some bathrooms because uh, <laughs> people are going to want to see that. Um, and it would be a smart choice. It would be a smart move. I, I would, I'm curious as to how they actually execute on it because uh, there's, you know, are they going to have live productions? Are they just going to do the um, audio animatronic singing stuff or what? I don't know. But I mean, in, I'm intrigued. There's many different options that this could go. It could be live performance, animatronics. It could be the video portion. Um, it's hard to say because you don't want to lose all of the hard work that went into these audio animatronics of all of our presidents. I think that's really cool and that's really, really special. But I do think that it needs, an, an, a, it needs a facelift. It needs an updating because it doesn't get people excited. It, a lot of people are there to take a nap. 100%. That's not everyone. But I think, you know, I mean, for I went running to Hamilton twice last week. <laughs> A humble brag. Yeah, that, I'm just really trying to show off my fitness now that I can't, like, walk. I, like, bruised the bottom of my feet, guys. I'm doing real well. <laughs> um, but I think Hamilton is just amazing. And it has gotten everyone of all ages, of all different backgrounds excited about something and it's brought people together in a way that is really really hard to do you know art that's what is so amazing about art so if there was a way to take 
the incredible storytelling that Hamilton has and the impact it's had on people with Walt's original idea and storytelling and, you know, get people excited about all the presidents of the United States. I think that could be really cool. Yeah, I think it would be a really smart move and I would be uh, very intrigued to see what they would do with it. So seems like a home run to me. Similarly, they are, I feel like it's similar in a way to the Avengers campus that they're doing. We have this super massive property that people are excited about. Let's give them a, a way to experience it in the parks. You've got Hamilton find a way to pull it into the parks too. And uh, and that, and like I said, that will become a very popular attraction. So right. yeah. I, go for it, guys. Yeah. Look, the Hall of Presidents has remained pretty apolitical. It's pretty, you know, it's stayed you know even through all of the controversy we've had um throughout our history they've continued to kind of have no reference to party uh no controversial legislation legislations um and no wars post-world war ii the closest we really get is saying that the civil war was fought over slavery and that was the reference added in you know 93 um but that's also history you know like they they've done a really good job of just being like here it's like a history book but you can watch it instead (laughs) right 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 and i mean i think honestly hamilton's a little bit that way too i think they they do shy away from some of the more like divisive topics um in in problematic areas of american's history and and kind of deliver like this is the development this is how the nation was formed this is how the government was formed in a fun way um so i think it does kind of fit in well with the yeah uh, with the with the space that's already been created and hamilton okay and the the Broadway show added a little more romance and love triangle than maybe it really exists, but that's okay. I don't care. I love it. <laughs> Great. Um, well, good. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Um, so that, I mean, I think that kind of covers the one question we didn't really touch on last time was what would you change? I feel like you, we, we've kind of already talked about what we'd like to see with it. Um, unless there's anything else you want to add about something you would want to change about this attraction. I no, I, I think that that's pretty much it. I would love for it to still be a voice of patriotism in the parks um, for those who, you know, are American or, you know, are coming to visit America and would like to learn a little bit more. I think this is a great way, but I do definitely think it needs to be updated um, to get people excited versus just wanting to go to sleep. No, I, I, I'm with you on that. My only other change would be to add some bathrooms, which leads me to Disney on Yelp. Everyone's favorite segment. Everyone's favorite segment, Disney on Yelp. Um, This Yelp review comes from Jen B out of New Orleans. Uh, She has 279 Yelp friends, uh, 632 reviews, and 752 pictures. No pictures associated with this uh, particular review, which is a positive you will come to find out. Jin B says, back in 2011, Wow! I just can't believe no one has yelped this classic Disney attraction. Another amazing use of animatronics, which has been around for decades. Nice splash of historical teaching while entertaining you and allowing for a cool spot to sit down and enjoy the short show. P.S. A crazy thing happened while we visited the Hall of Presidents last week, and it's our funniest story from the whole Disney trip. We kept smelling what we thought was a stinky diaper throughout the show. As it turns out, the youngest in our party, parentheses, sorry, Nick, I had to share, 
happened to sit in the chair, which was covered in poop from a previous occupant. When we left, When we left the theater, his butt was covered in the filth. While we ran him to the potty to clean up, a member of our group went back to warn the Disney cast members as to what had happened, but another group of guests had already entered the theater. Hope no one found the rest of the pile, dot, dot, dot. So we came up with this little rhyme to remind us to be cautious while finding a seat in the dark theater. Always be careful where you sit because you might just sit in poop. Sad but true. (laughs) Thank you, Jen B. And I hope that someone out there is listening and get some bathrooms in Liberty Square. Oh my God. What? That is hilarious, especially it is very funny. given the cert, like the fact that they don't have bathrooms there in order to right. be historically correct. <laughs> what? Oh my god! Yeah, so uh, pretty wild story. And um, oh, by the way, three stars. <laughs> I wonder, would it have been five stars? You think if it weren't for that little incident? Might have been. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But she did add it as an afterthought. So I think maybe. Three stars is just her general feeling about the ride. And then also there's a really funny story. I love the P.S. Here's the main reason I'm writing this review. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Yeah. Very That's fun. crazy. Um, well, I hope you all are feeling a little patriotic today. Um, this, was, this was a super fun thing to research. And it has made me excited to go back and see it and look for a lot of these tiny, minute details. Yeah. Um, and to appreciate it more and how much hard work went into it. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool to uh, to take a look back at this kind of attraction because it just goes to show that even the 77th most attended ride can have so much uh, effort and attention to detail put into it that it requires two episodes uh, for us to get through. So I think that that's very you know indicative of uh, the attention to detail that Disney has in general. So I love um, that. It was a lot of fun to to kind of go through this one. I agree. I, I really, really enjoyed this, even though, like, probably enjoyed researching it more than I enjoyed the attraction itself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the um, change they can make. Everyone gets to research I, for their it, own podcast. There you go. Um, well, we, if you didn't know, had some really exciting things happen. We have our website, sliceofdisney.com, is up. Our Patreon is up with some really fun things to look forward to. Um, special episodes, special videos, bloopers, a movie night. So please sign up um, and support us. We'll be forever grateful. Um, it will allow us to continue doing this. Yeah. Um, so for all of you out there that have reached out already, uh, we love to hear from you. For anyone who yes. wants to, you can do that at Slice of Disney on Facebook and Instagram or Slice underscore of underscore Disney on Twitter. And you can reach out to us via email at sliceofdisneypod at gmail.com. We, um, and thank you to everyone who has signed up for our Patreon already. Thank you so, 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 so much. We are ecstatic. I, I'm so grateful. Yeah, it's been a fun response so far. So um, we're excited to kind of keep bringing you this great content, but then just add to uh, the repertoire of what we're able to, to get out to you guys. Yay! Uh, well, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a very patriotic, lovely day. Um, and we'll get to talk to you next week. Okay, bye. <laughs>